Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Oh, and hi, I'm Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, I was like, do I do my own name? No, we, Matt, no this is what Matt does. He does he's going he's to introduce the podcast, but then doesn't start a natural conversation after you've introduced yourself. No, I like, I like to just freeze people out, just instantly, just, you know. Invite so, someone in and instantly ignore them. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Matthew, thanks for joining the podcast. Matthew Hyten, uh, introduce yourself properly. That was a bit of a lame one, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, we're in the middle of lockdown. I've not introduced myself for so long. You forget how. Uh, but hello, I'm Matthew Hyten. <laughs> Full name. Uh, middle name, Ian, if you're interested. Uh, I am a comedian and filmmaker who loves talking film, hence, whilst I'm here. <laughs> I tried to make it a bit showbiz, but then just sounded like, you don't know what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Matthew, it's a very strange time, isn't it, this whole lockdown malarkey? You're doing lots of these Zoom podcast things. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I speak to people more now than I did before lockdown. <laughs> like there's so, so many people just keep checking in, which I, I should probably wonder if they're worrying about me. But yeah, you see a lot of, pixelated faces these days don't you it's when they start messing around with filters that's when it gets really complicated oh yeah um <laughs> did, should we let everyone in on what happened before this chat <laughs> well i mean am i uh, yeah yeah well i mean I'm, we've just we spent about 20 minutes trying to write my head the right way around <laughs> my son's been using uh, the zoom to do a, a, a cubs virtual it's, meeting and it put me in a lovely background in my house uh, my face upside down so yeah, as, as a 42 year old man it found it very difficult to rewrite that wrong um, <laughs> it's the modern equivalent of taking the mouse ball out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god my well, takeaway from lockdown will be i'm uh, very good at judging how far away two meters is these days <laughs> You're one, you're one of the few, I think. <laughs> well, this is it. So I, I think everyone has that innate ability now to judge two meters. And yeah. then some people just like to push the boundaries a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we get to sit in and watch a lot of films. So it's all right. Yes. Yeah, talk, talking about a lovely segue, Matthew. Um, oh, you know, the, the, the podcast is about critically panned movies or, or those movie guilty pleasures that aren't really guilty at all. The movies that are at the bottom of the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb rating. Those are the movies that the Movie Bunker are, are, are interested in. Nothing. None of these good movies. Um, <laughs> we, we ask our guests to find a film and then defend its honour. And uh, you've come out fighting, I think. Uh, Got on a doozy. What, what, what did oh, you yeah. choose, Matthew? I chose, and I genuinely love this film without any irony, uh, but it's Anaconda, the 1997 powerhouse that <laughs> is... Snake Jaws. So. <laughs> all right, everybody, double check your gear, make sure it's all on board, and pray you didn't forget your bug spray. They have come to the world's most isolated jungle to explore the unknown Amazon. You ready? I think so. And conduct scientific research to prove the existence of a long lost tribe. Shishama worship giant snakes and Akondas as gods, protectors. What is this? Anaconda skin. Is snakes up there this big? This skin is three or four years old. Whatever shed it has grown since then. Snakes don't eat people. Oh, they don't? That's it, man. I'm getting the hell back to LA. So it's good to be prepared. Now, 
They are the ones being watched. Do you hear that? The ones being followed. Nobody move. The ones being hunted. There's something down there. That's right. No, I really mean it. I really mean it too. But not by anything human. If we help him, then he will help us get out of here alive. Get him in the face! You're gonna get us all killed! It's coming! Kill! Anaconda, when you can't breathe, you can't scream. It's an absolute cracker. I'll just read the, the plot synopsis for you quickly because in, in true podcast fashion. Uh, a National Geographic film crew is taken hostage by an insane hunter who forces them along on his quest to capture the world's largest and deadliest snake. What a cast as well. I mean, this is a, a pretty impressive cast. For a film that came out in 1997, there's some really big hitters in this. It's got it all, hasn't it? It's, got, it's, it's one of those beautiful films that only exist at that time. Um, where people who are just finishing their music careers and starting their acting careers are using this film as a vehicle. And you have some people who are still not quite as big as they're going to be yet. Like Owen Wilson has a very small yeah. role to say how big he becomes in a few years after that. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I'd like to call him a very hot and horny uh, Owen Wilson in this movie. <laughs> he has a great <laughs> yeah. line. I mean, yeah. So uh, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez plays the the lead role and Terry Flaws. One of her very early roles, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good. done like Selena before that. And then this was kind of a big sort of lead role, Hollywood breakout, I guess. She, she's, really, she's really good, isn't she, though, in this? J-Lo's great in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is like, this, this is right, we'll get into it in a second, but I generally think there are some absolutely amazing performances with some of the script they've been given. Mm -hmm. Like, can't fault him. Ice Cube plays Danny Rick or Rich, the, the cameraman that's on this kind of voyage to do this, this uh, like um, Planet Earth type documentary about the tribes people. Children of the Mist. Children of the Mist. The, yeah. tribe. the premise and the setup of this movie is really good. You kind of, it's like an Indiana Jones swashbuckling kind of adventure without, you know, no, you know what's happening because of the title. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, John, John Voigt uh, is in this who plays the, the, the main henchman or the kind of, <laughs> um, the main villain who's bloody superb in this and, and we'll, we've got so much to say on this I guess Oh, uh, John Voigt could have f like a, a 15 part podcast series just of his performance <laughs> in this film it's, <laughs> I can't wait to talk Voigt it's yeah. going to be great Eric Stoltz plays Dr. Stephen Cale, who comes a cropper quite early on in the movie, but uh, fresh off of probably uh, is it Pulp Fiction he would have been uh, this is after that and Killing Zoe, want to say? What's the Killing Zoe? Yeah, yeah, he was in yeah, that. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, I'm just trying to think, picture, yeah, yeah, picture his IMDb in my head. At which, the time, I mean, he would have been the sort of star, him and John Voigt would have been the star acts, right? They would have been the, the money yeah. uh, in the wage bill for these two, because, mm. like, he was at his sort of at his ascendancy. Um, the stellar cast now is one that would cost, you know, a few million to sort of bring together now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson would have been very cheap at the time, I imagine. Jonathan Hyde, who plays Warren Westridge, is this 
um, very stereotypical uh, English actor, thespian type presenter bloke, uh, Fop. Dad and Jumanji, it's the same character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is happening in Jumanji, that's what you don't realise. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this fantastic. is the prequel. Yeah. He, the thing he, is, it's like he, the poor guys must have done many brilliant films, but whenever I see him, I go, oh, Jumanji guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan and Jumanji. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a but he's great, you yeah. imagine he's in every film where it's yeah the british adventurer uh, or the american <laughs> adventurer in somewhere old that needs the british expert or villain uh, yeah. to... <laughs> he comes out with some classic lines he does he does the some really good stuff with the dialogue he's got as you said and he, his one-liners are like Oh, he hits one of the baddies over the heads and he says asshole in one because he's a king golfer. Oh, that's uh, like one of my few notes I've actually got asshole in one. In one. Yes. And he talks yeah. about leeches on his scrotum at one point as well. It's this really dry um, acting style he has. Uh, Danny Trejo is worth mentioning him. He, he, he does, doesn't last uh, too long. Another spoiler alert there, but would, I mean, he is a staple. Early Trejo as well. Yeah, I think it's hard so, to yeah. tell of Danny Cho, right? Because he looks exactly the fucking same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Has the he first, ever been young? <laughs> the first thing I think I ever knew him from was Dustle Dawn, which yeah. I can't remember if that is before or after this. It's around the same time, isn't it? I think it is because, I mean, he has a, he doesn't have a moustache in this movie. That was the first thing I recognised because I think once he grew that, that's, it never came off and still hasn't to this day, even in the, uh, the old El Paso. Uh, 1996, Dustle Dawn. Oh, oh, so the good. year before, just yeah. before, yeah. He had a shave then, yeah, yeah. but who knows when it was filmed? But the the, the main star on this movie is, is Frank Welker, who plays oh. the voice of Anaconda. I am obs- <laughs> this. This is my. I did a. There's a. There's a thing called boring talks, and uh, they're this thing that happens and used to happen in London. I don't know what up and post thing, but I did a whole talk, and most of it was on how Frank Welker is credited in this film. Mm. <laughs> Whenever you get a, a creature film where there is some sort of scream or, or something like that, and then they get a voice actor in, I'm instantly into that film. Yeah, like I just, yeah. I just watched, uh, by, by accident, Five-Headed Shark Attack, I think it's called. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was on sci-fi. I put it on for two minutes just to, to pretend to my wife I was going to watch it. And then two hours later, I'd finished it. But, <laughs> There's so many bits of a five-headed shark screaming underwater. It's absolutely incredible. Well, I was. How did you get that job? I want to see. Like, how was the audition process go? Like, do you well, go for anaconda voice, or are you just generally there? It's like right, he, scream. He's, it's like ah! he, he's in everything. <laughs> he's in everything. If you looked at it, look at his eyes. I was about to take the piss out of the fact that they cast someone, and I because I'm so not narrow-minded yeah. and short-sighted. I didn't until I clicked his. Bio, and he's in everything. Every start, um, everything from your childhood that you've Transformers ever, ever watched. Yeah. Cartoons. I think he's the voice of Megatron. Um, every '80s classic, as you say, Matthew. Yeah, brilliant. So, in 2013, this is a random fact. Um, I did a bit of stand-up on Anaconda, um, and I say stand-up. I just very clinically tore it apart, um, <laughs> like in a, in a very loving way. But at the time, Frank Welker, I think, had the seventh biggest IMDb, like, of, for credits on the planet, and everyone above him was a porn star. Genuinely, <laughs> like Peter North was number one most credits, and then yeah, Frank Welker was the first like quote unquote proper actor um, yeah. in at number seven because he's just. He's done every voice from every cartoon ever. So he does an audition. They they come to him. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. Need, we need a we welker. Need, yeah, <laughs> we we need we need a, a a snake scream. 
Oh yeah, I got it. I got I it. Going. <laughs> like pocket scream. Yeah. Which one do Does, you want? Doesn't even stop in the sound booth. Just walks in one door, walks past the microphone, <laughs> and then yeah. out the other door, collects his check into yeah. the next booth. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting though, isn't it? Because this this exists pre-internet, like when people really, you know, pick into films. But like, it, it, I think this is one of the last. Like, even though there's so much CGI in this, like, this was one of the most expensive films made for CGI at the time. The 97, the, um, the CGI, if I remember right, was $100,000 for every two seconds of CGI they had. And apparently, and I've been trying to find this for years, there's a point where they release a trailer because they had to start getting, like, press going for it, but they'd not finished the CGI. So apparently the first trailer they released, there's a scene where someone falls off a waterfall and then they just stop in midair because they've not put the snake in fully yet. <laughs> in, the film, in the film, it just coils in. But yeah, it's so expensive. But they still Ghost use loads snake. of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They still use loads of like practical effects and stuff like that. But they the creature design's great. So I, I read a whole thing about how they they had to make it look more demonic and sound like that's why they gave it scream so it would like actually be sort of this presence instead of just like. Oh, that's a big quiet snake. Like so, yeah. They they made the eyes look more frowned and stuff like that. So they mm. constantly look evil. Well, they changed it as well to slit eyes as well, because apparently yeah, yeah, yeah. on IMDb it's saying that anacondas don't have slit eyes; they have nice round eyes. So they look yeah. more like like you know like a, a Disney um, little helper animal. <laughs> yeah. rather than a I think <laughs> I think that would have been more terrifying if they'd made practical <laughs> anime eyes on it. <laughs> Just there, <laughs> like, blinked in the window. Yeah, really <laughs> adorable anime eyes on this horrible, <laughs> massive snake. It's surprising this this movie has got such a low rating on on both IMDb and uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and I think the the reason is well, if you read the reviews from the critics, it is basically that the storyline and the script is is nuts. But really, from the opening crawl, if you're not hooked by the opening yeah. crawl on its own and the panpipes, then th- really you know you're in the wrong wrong universe. Because the opening crawl just basically talks about anacondas and how they love to kill, regurgitate, sorry, and then kill again to eat it again. So they never really mm. fully kill kill their person. Some beautiful foreshadowing, though, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to get it. That's all it is. It's just just foreshadowing for the wink. (laughs) I I think they did it. I think they had that. And they're going, no one's going to believe this shit. And they go opening crawl what we'll do <laughs> is we say this shit happens all the fucking time yeah. and then they'd be like people be lapping it up at the end but oh yeah i read that and i'm like is that fucking true yeah it's one of those things you just take take for true i realize there's a lot of things in this i think i've in my head put in as like a fact like everyone knows the um <laughs> the fish the one that they say goes up the urethra yes yeah the dick fish. like but everyone knows it from this film i think i don't think before this film anyone was like conscious of it i think it that happened to maybe two or three people and like oh that's pretty bad but after this it's like yeah no way i'd ever swim in the amazon no way even if it's two or three people it's not a risk i'm prepared to take (laughs) (laughs) i remember seeing it in in something like um some david attenborough program when there was a a native person they showed a, a reconstruction of a native person weeing into the river or to the water and this fish can actually swim up the, the urine stream. So you don't have to be in the water to be pissing. It could be pissing into the water and it will swim up and go in. Yeah. I think it's just a horrible... 
said at the end. So he was sat by, sat by the edge of the river, a bit bored, sees this tiny fish, and he thinks to himself, I wonder if that'll fit in. Are you saying this is like the Amazon equivalent of, oh, I was cleaning naked and I fell <laughs> Yeah, exactly that. Go to the doctor, it's like, the fish thing swam in my dick again. It's like, really? Yeah. We've yeah. had six of them this week. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that fish has got to have a lot of instinct if it's like like imagine how hard it would be even if you're a fish to swim up a jet of piss. <laughs> that is a lot of effort to go yeah. to. It's like a salmon, also, what are you it? looking at? Whilst you're pissing, what are you looking at? Surely you'd be looking at this sort of like it must be making splashing, right? You no, can't... it's quite small. Isn't it's, not, it? it's not like the size of a carp, is it? <laughs> 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 Still, you'd be like, because I, I, I tend to look at it when I'm weighing. I think I'd notice even a small fish. So maybe it goes so up. quick you don't notice, and then by the time you notice, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> what I, think was that? Be, I think you'd be making a bit more of a, a scream than that. I think you'd be asking for uh, Frank Welker to come in and redouble <laughs> the scream. I think they missed a trick with the sequel here. They should have just had a massive one of those fishes just yeah. running around, yeah, jumping yeah, yeah. up people's dicks and exploding them. And that's the tagline. By the time you see it, it's too late. <laughs> this is the hard thing with this film, though. I can't tell if it's self-aware with its script or if someone's wrote, like, this is the action monster film of our mm. generation. It's I can't. It? I can't tell which side it falls on. Like we, Same with like, Congo and Deep Blue Sea. They're all in that sort of, I think you wrote this series... But at the same time, you've got a gorilla who's signing with a robot voice. Like, you've got to be a little bit self-aware. But yeah. The cinematographer's gone out of his way to try and make something oh, yeah. pleasing to the eyes. There's a couple of bits where, like, the camera will be uh, completely on its, on its head and it will do that slow rotate yeah. to, to come. And you think, wow, that's interesting. That, that doesn't need to be there, but it takes its time. It sets the scene. Um, it's a really nice Snake flourish. Cam. Yeah. yeah again, like you said before, I don't know why it gets such a bad bad rep. Like it is it is stupid and silly. But there's so much love in it. Like there's so yeah, there's some really, really good bits. The first time I can remember the first time I watched it, I'd I'd hired it from the video shop. Um and like Jaws was my favorite film, still is my favorite film. So yeah, I'm into this creature film, I'm going mm. for it. And I remember when you see that shot. Um, after the first attack, Owen Wilson's gone, and you see where the snake swim past the camera, and then you see the outline of the body. And yeah. that, I remember being like, film has changed. Oh my God. <laughs> I like the bit where he, he's taken it, and I, I don't know if it's the Owen Wilson one or one later, but he kind of, it, it brings it up, and you sort of like, the, the, the body, go, and then I think oh, it is the body, uh, the silhouette of the body in the stomach, yes, yes. Yeah. No, 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 but it actually breaks the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very reminiscent something in Jaws, where they kind yeah, yeah. of like, and then yeah. there's the stillness again, and it's, it is, that's nice. They do the It's nice. a lovely shot. Eric Stoltz dying. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Stoltz is dialing it in a bit in this film, right? Yeah. yeah. There is difference in the acting going on isn't there? I and mean, we know Eric Stoltz is a fine actor from previous stuff he's done but he's not good in this at all whereas like Jennifer Lopez Ice Cube to a degree mm. um and obviously we still haven't got to John Voight yet <laughs> but this, this uh, is the weird thing John Voight and Stoltz just feel like there is a sense like they got on set and they're like oh what is this I'm just gonna have fun 
Like there is a sense like they've done something that everyone else isn't. Yeah. And like, but it's weird again, because like Stoltz, he would have been the actor of that sort of film, but he is essentially out of the film for most of it because he gets knocked out and then he's, he's got a good chunk of the film where he's not in it. Should we talk about how he gets knocked out? Yeah, because go for it. <laughs> it's a bit weird, right? So they, they, they've, they've picked up John Voight, who's clearly fucking mental. <laughs> I don't know what picked it's up. It's like a hitchhiker, isn't it? But on the yeah. Congo. Yeah, yeah, but like more obvious than the hitchhiker. Mm. Like there's that one beautiful scene when she looks across and he's just like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so menacing. It's so menacing. And um, yeah, so and then the, the, the rope gets caught up and he's like... John Boyd's like, I'll go down and sort it out. And then Eric Stoltz is like, no, no, this is my boat. I'm going to sort it out. So he gets fully doled up in the scuba gear to go like this far underwater. Sorry for podcast people. I'm doing like six inches with my fingers because he's down there fixing it. And you can see the bubbles breaking yeah. of his head just above where his snorkel would be. <laughs> so he's there fixing it. And all of a sudden he just starts gyrating underwater and they pull him out and they take away his respirator. And there's, there's a wasp. There's a wasp and it's stung him in the throat, in, in the it's mouth. It's horrible. And, mm. Yeah. Where was the fucking wasp <laughs> the whole time? It's, isn't, isn't it the, the impression that John Voight's planted it? I always get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but is it just waiting there? Like, well, he's got one in, he's got one in <laughs> a little... He's got one in a little um, uh, yeah. matchbox in his pocket, which he just pulls out. There's, a, there's a whole, whole hour they've cut away where John Voight just trains a wasp. <laughs> Uh, that's what you don't see. But he has to train it not only to stay very still in the respirator mouthpiece, but yeah. then to wait an appropriate amount of time yeah. <laughs> to then come out and sting him. That's and and for someone to feel something in their mouth. Uh, <laughs> no. it's, it's ridiculous. There is literally no way you could get a wasp in someone's mouth. Unless it was instant. Like you put it in there, they put it in the mouth, like, oh, fuck. Uh, uh. No, it's it's a long done. con. He's trying. He's, this guy is uh, a seminal insect trainer. He, you know, it's in his makeup and blood, isn't it? He, well, he, yeah. knows, he knows the Amazon. You forget that. Yeah. He knows yeah. the Amazon. He knows, so he Amazon. knows <laughs> if you put a wasp into a respirator, it's like quivering a crocodile's eyes. It's going to just calm down <laughs> until until it smells saliva. It's out of action. It's out. He does a little bit of a quick thinking, doesn't he? By you know, resuscitating with the with the what's it called a the tracheotomy. Tracheo, oh, well, tracheotomy. Well done. When you s- cut the throat open and stick a, a big uh, housing a unit yeah. or a pen, if you like, into the, the throat so that they can breathe. But what's the what's the play there? He want, but he, what does he want him to be sick on the boat, or does he's he just taking, want him out of the he's way? Taking control, isn't he? Without yeah. without leadership, yeah. who knows the Amazon? And I love the way that Voight has a a conversation with um, Owen Wilson's character, Gary Dixon, and almost hypnotizes him to the point where he's like, on a a dime, he turns and says, I'm with this guy. And obviously, the same thing happens to uh, Jonathan High's character, Warren Westbridge. They're both basically hoodwinked very quickly into the the plan, which is all along that, that Cerrone just wants to capture this this big ass snake and, and anacondas I've, I've looked, I looked up on anacondas because this one's an incredibly aggressive one, but there's another one that turns up later on. There's more than one, I believe, but they, they actually don't, they don't eat very much at all. They only really eat every four to six See, weeks. 
that's that's the real villain in this piece both yeah. <laughs> the greed of the anaconda and the greed of the people on the boat the whole yeah. underlying message is a message of greed <laughs> greed will kill you one way or the other the thing is at this snake and then i'm really really like spitting hairs here with the snake thing but the anaconda would not hunt a person in the way that it does so what's its beef is it to this do with the tribal thing that they keep banging on about or well, I mean, there's, there's sort of that impression, isn't there, that this specific anaconda is native to this part of the, the Amazon and all that stuff. But also, like, not a lot of people are going up there. So maybe it's just a delicacy. Maybe it's like, I don't see a lot of people. I'll get a lot of these in. I'll regurgitate them later. That's a couple of years for me. So voice back Save up for the family. Like, there's about 4,000 fucking anacondas uh, of varying sizes knocking about. So that's, like, that's why he spits that monkey out, doesn't he? When they try and catch yeah. him with <laughs> a monkey. <laughs> yeah, I'm having yeah, that yeah. instead. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Monkey spitter. I could cross but also, that one I, out. I, 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 kind of, um, I kind of got the impression that it was, a, again, a vengeance tale because they blew up that wall, that yeah. barrier, that mm. random pointless barrier that wouldn't stop anything doing anything, especially not an 80-foot snake. But then, like all the little baby snakes fly everywhere, don't they? Yeah. Which I'm assuming are its its bad babies. But it's, so it's I thought, like I real... it was just like fucked off. Like you killed but... some of my babies. <laughs> you do. You do get the sense that like someone's really like the writing. They really actually thought it through. Like the idea that people abandoned whatever it is, like a login station or whatever it was, because yeah. these snakes are there. I think the the idea is, isn't it? It's like if we don't kill these snakes, bigger snakes will grow. And then there'll be more killer snakes. But given the fact you've got two adult anacondas, that's been happening anyway. Surely this is just a normal breeding cycle. And the lesson is just leave it alone, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just walk Stay away, the guys. Fuck away. Yeah, yeah. It's really good that we, we save at least half the podcast for Sarone, which is would be one of the main reasons for dipping into this movie because his his whole um, dialogue, the whole way he holds himself, his gait, everything about this character is amazing. Um, oh, yeah. He has one facial expression that really, he just has it, but it looks different every time. It's like this. Well, it's because you have different angles. So it's one expression <laughs> in different angles. So like there's, yeah. the, there's the leery one where he, he pitches up and yeah. that's leery. And then there's the sort of menacing one where he look, he looking down. But yeah, it's fundamentally like a transfix, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very odd. Oh, it's it's a it's a hypnotizing performance. Like, you said before. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't I don't know how. Again, I don't know how much you know he's chatted through with the director. Like, this is how I'm going to play. Or if they just he's come on set, he goes, "I'm just going to go for it as a joke," and they've gone, "Yes, that's nailed it." Because like the, there's just bits. My favorite. I, I I think that I've talked about this on so many things, but there's a line from Sarone where he's tied up and he says something like, "I wasn't the one who hit the Captain Mateo. Don't make me out to be the monster." And you're just like. Oh my God, like everything is happening in this moment that, that if you're not on board by this point and that doesn't win you over. Yeah. I don't know. Jumps up and strangles the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even got to the, the climax yet. Oh, it's just. The best bit from him, that, well, the, the thing where he's, um, they do this long con, not this long con, but they, they try to get him to, um, what do they try to get him to do? Well, Jennifer Lopez basically woos him to try and get the, 
Yes, she uses the power of lipstick. Right. There's a a scene of her putting lipstick on, which makes, I have to point out, fuck all difference to the way she looks like, because she puts on lipstick, which looks like her lips. Um, All all the lipstick she's been wearing all along. Who knows? He he goes, once he realises he's being jumped, he goes in for that final snog. So he's like, I think I get it. And he gives another quick snog before he's... uh, (laughs) He's horrible. He's horrible. But that's like... He holds that film together because he is generally menacing. He's generally like disgusted in that film. Mm-hmm. So like it is, it is like that. Perv- I think this sort of film loses a lot where you don't have that human sort of conflicts and that human threat. And I do generally think this film plays it really well. Like even though you want to see the anaconda and you want to get the chase, they do the Jaws thing of keeping it hidden, setting up like something that's going to derail their plans and everything. The mm. structure and the planning of this film, again, is absolutely on point. Like, but yeah, it's still very much a B-movie, even though it was expensive as when they made it. Mm. Like, you just can't put on your finger, like, what is it? Other well, the, than... all, the, all the cast are likable as well. There's no, you know, in a lot of these crappy movies, the cast, whoever they are, you just don't like the characters. The characters, yeah. all of them here are watchable. And the 90 minutes that you spend in their company, and, and that's a good running time as well, is actually... Yeah is really, really nice and comfortable. Not one of these people just think, oh, Christ, he's dialing it in. You just think, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's dialing it in, but it's still pretty good, you know? Yeah. What this film made me want to do is it made me want to watch Lake Placid as well. Oh, there, yes. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I Lake Placid. Because it, it, it's very much similar to that. And again, whereas but Lake Placid is really, you can tell they're aware and it's, it's incredibly well acted and there's great jokes and gags and that. Um, this, there, there is that doubt. You're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they knew they were making this. I don't remember much about the plot of Lake Placid. All I ever remember is at the end, the old lady <laughs> feeds the baby crocodiles. I was like, yeah. oh my God, she <laughs> knows, she's in on it. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I ever remember from Lake Placid. But there is, there's, there's a beautiful like resurgence of 90s creature films where mm. they do have, Pretty well, this actual one, right? They're, someone's rewriting this. Oh, really? Uh, on IMDb, yeah. There is actually uh, like a, a reboot of Anaconda in the works. There's about <laughs> 60 sequels, I think, as well. That I've never, I've never watched a sequel, yeah. But yeah, there is, there is that, that weird thing before sort of Cloverfield hits in the early noughties where there's a period of like creature films that are just this... It's almost family fun. Like this film, they wanted to get to a PG-13, didn't they? So they mm. dubbed over all the swear words. Like there is that sort of sense where it's, it's all very, very, doesn't take itself seriously. It doesn't sort of want to be anything it's not. And like, yeah, Deep Blue Sea, like Placid, even the, the Godzilla, they're all sort mm. of the same yeah. films where it's like a, a swashbuckling adventure contained. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> One thing that stuck out to me is that there is everything's big in this film, right? It's got the, the huge snake. Even the boat itself is big. They could never be accused of needing a, a bigger boat. John Voight's performance is huge. The only thing in this film which is not big is um, Ice Cube's tiny little knife. <laughs> <laughs> and they made such a big fucking deal of that. At one point, like um, he kind of makes the indication, he, he undoes it in a really surreptitious way. The show is like, like his tiny little fucking knife. Right? Like, should I... And it's like, no, 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 it's too big. no, 
that would just piss him off. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like fucking use cuticles? What is the plan with this fucking knife? And there's a huge scene where they have a fight, and you see this, this like he you know gets knocked over, and the, the knife goes skittering over the edge, like it's their last and only hope of a weapon. Mm. Um, yeah. But, that, that, that boat is full of things that'd give you tetanus in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. you, you could kill yourself on literally anything on that boat. <laughs> but yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like earlier on, he was cutting up a, a fish with a, a, a machete. Then there's like these hook things hanging around all over the place. So there's just so many weapons that would be far more impressive than this tiny, tiny knife. I think they would have done better Again, that... with a boom mic. Oh, that would have done better, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything. Just like, but this again is where that's what makes me think this is a very self aware film. Like, even though they focus, they know where to focus in and stuff, they're aware of everything that's going on. Yeah. Like, because all the stuff that they all seem self aware of, then they'll they'll do something that just surprises you. No, like the, the John Voight leap that we talked about before, that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> that, that's like a hor- <laughs> generally horrible bit of film. They've, they've argued it down to PG 13. And then that is horrible. Like, like yeah, the way just... he stares at her while yeah. poking her out. Yeah. Uh, does an anaconda get that big? I mean, I don't know much about natural history. Yeah. Do they get that big? Not, not that You saw big, it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. How big does an anaconda get? Okay, what's your guess? Well, what was it in the film? It's like 80 foot in the film. I'm going to go meters because I can't really do feet. Um, but uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, is it measured in feet or? It's, it's it's measured in feet and weighed in pounds, so we're screwed. But um, it's 29 feet. I'd just given it away. Oh. Sorry, 29 feet and then 550 pounds. So what's that? 29 feet is roughly what's that? About 10 meters? Yeah, is it? I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's at least four John Voights. Yeah, I'm going to now. Laid head how to toe. <laughs> big is the anaconda in Anna. anaconda? Yeah, you're listening to live googling. Um, <laughs> it's 33 feet to. Hang on, there's no. It's there's definitely two though, isn't there? So they they added four foot. Oh no, so. <laughs> So it's it's the one in the film is so the biggest anaconda ever measured was thirty three feet, and the one in the film they're saying is forty feet. It's still it's still not massively. Different. No, because it goes up that massive chimney at the end, doesn't it? And gets I don't know if you if you saw a human being with another human being on top of them, you would say that's that's a bit bigger <laughs> than a human being. Like, well, like, if you weren't at the circus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that, that's a yeah. Okay. That's a chunk. Well, it's no wonder the uh, reptile tranquilizer for veterinary use only didn't work then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love that yeah. bottle shot. It's like, what could it possibly be that he'd be want to inject into the reptile? Oh, look, it's reptile tranquilizer. But um, but surely that he, it's not the over-the-counter kind. No, no, no. This is the veterinary use only kind. You know to back off. If something says for veterinary uses only, you know to back off. I've seen that. A lot of my nights as a child was spent on stuff for professor. <laughs> well, so I've been to a few. Say. I've been to a few music festivals where people have taken that sort of shit just to get them through. <laughs> yeah. the, just to get them through that, the Travis set. That that's the over the counter stuff. If it's if it's from a vet back, you get them back off. Yeah. But there's that yeah. bit as well, isn't there? Is that around the bit when they do the tranks where it goes crazy and rips the boat apart? Apparently, the animatronics go crazy, and they it just looks 
terrifying. Yeah. So they leave it in, and that's that bit, which actually happened on the set of Jurassic Park, but they didn't keep it in. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole thing, I don't know if you guys know this, about um, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. So all, all these films that we're talking about, like Anaconda and Congo and everything, come off the back of Jurassic Park, obviously. But mm-hmm. they, they had the animatronic T-Rex, and that thing was like so meticulously calculated. So all the, the animatronics in it were, were weighed and sort of measured and designed to work under every sort of circumstance. And so they, they tuned them. So they're so finely tuned. They tuned them to, to work on the set. But when they got on the set and they put the rain machine on, they didn't account for that extra little bit of water weight. So the mm. T-Rex would randomly judder and like thrash about and stuff. And all, all the like crew thought it was haunted for a while because it just go, <laughs> and just suddenly come to life. And they had to retune it all to take into account the, the weight <clears> of the rain. So yeah, apparently like, yeah. Animatronics doesn't have a good history, does it? Because in Jaws, the the shark yeah, exactly. Bruce, fucking, yeah. yeah, Bruce, yeah, Bruce, he bit someone's head off once. Yeah, it's yeah. just George Lucas knew what he was doing, didn't he, with those prequels? He knew what he was doing. He's like, yeah, yeah, the crap the CGI, CGI in it. Yeah, not messing around. I interviewed one of the puppeteers who was in the Jabba the Hutt puppet a few years ago yeah. for a Comic Con, and he said it was the hardest thing they were like in his history of doing puppeteering. It's like it was in the days of like, because they're they're young, they're hungry, they're sort of making all this stuff. But he said that Jabba puppet, no radios really. It's like no sort of visual communication, just a radio. Three guys in the puppet, and just you're just hoping that you get the scene right. So that yeah. bit where he eats a frog, they said they spent about a day on that because every time they did it, it'd be like in the eye or in the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's just case doing it over. They're just like sweating inside. But you do, as soon as it's like as soon as you work with something physical that relies mm. on some sort of like either puppeteering or animatronics, there's, there's how do you like? There's no way that's going to go right first time. No. <laughs> this is why they stuck Kenny Bacon to RTD2, right? To make sure that I just yeah. think it's just some sort of weird torture porn because <laughs> what did he do inside that fucking thing? So did he drive it? Oh, what's what's the guy who took over? The new R2-D2. God, I should know this. Oh, come on, brain. Know. It's going to drop in a second. Anyway, I interviewed him at the same Comic-Con. There was a lot of Star Wars people there. And he said a lot of it was um, just knowing how to rock the R2-D2 costume. Because, mm. <laughs> like, it sounds, it sounds stupid, but he's like, he's like, you've got very limited movement how to emote. Like, so you've got, you've got like, essentially, like, few movements you can do but you've got to make that sort of excitement or that sort of worry mm. and stuff so it's all about rhythm and timing and stuff mm. like that it's, it's, it's fascinating the guy the guy who did bb8 was saying like they had loads of trouble with bb8 but the the one thing that everyone talks about is bb8 speeding over the desert and you think that's all cgi and stuff now but apparently they went so back to practical that is was the puppeteer big old rig just running through the desert for about 40 mm. takes as fast yeah. as you could so they could get that all the sand flicking and stuff like that yeah. it's, it's amazing you can spot it can't you though straight away when something's practical and people are reacting to it so well, you can tell there's a lot of practical shots in this film right so yeah that's, and it kind of stands out because like you know this is old now right? it's 98 was it 97 98? 97 97 so you know 23 years old um, the CGI has aged horribly, but the practical yeah. effects haven't. So, like you yeah. know, when you actually see the snake and it's they're, they're puppeteering it up, um, it, it stands up. I mean, obviously, 
all the animals you can do, maybe a snake's maybe potentially one of the easier of the you know, of the puppet world. Is basically you know you just stick your hand in a sock and then yeah. you got yourself a snake. <laughs> I love the movie tagline on this, which is when you can't breathe, you can't scream, which is kind of apes on the all kind of alien. Uh, yeah, thing, isn't it? This... But they, they again, they know the history that they they are coming from when they. Mm. Like all that is is personal design. I'll tell you something that I noticed on the IMDb. Don't know if this is new, or it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's always been there. But you know, on under storyline, you get plot keywords. Mm. Oh, I yeah. only noticed this before. So you've got the the usual ones you expect: snake, boat, anaconda, jungle, all the the classic metadata. But the first keyword on IMDb is butt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bum, as in yeah, but I don't have no idea why. I was trying, no crawling back through the film. Is there is there a famous butt shot in this film or something? There's very few butt shots in this film. This uh, this has become my new thing when I learnt this was a thing on IMDb. Going into the plot keywords, um, like because some you just you sort of go, yeah, but also why would you tag that? Like in this one, I've just gone in. You get the usual ones you expect. Uh, sexy woman snake expert human versus reptile then you get random ones like tied to a chair gasoline scar <laughs> crushed to death you just got like 130 things where you're like i get why you put that in there but who is getting to anaconda like who's searching and goes oh what a film was tied to a chair oh i've not seen this one. Oh, what's this one <laughs> the sort of horror where it's gory and it's scary and it's like 18 plus but there's also that sort of yeah that sort of b movie that comes out of the 50s mm. which very much i think this is in the vein of that it's just it's just a good fun film it doesn't pretend to be clever it doesn't pretend to be anything else and it's such a fine line like that's why i think there's been the b movie b movies which is all that sharknado and stuff like that where it's really yeah. cheap really horrible but then there is this sort of film that's there's so much love and craft goes into it, but it's still appealing to that idea. You just want to see a big monster causing havoc. And that's, that's what you're after. But it's odd, isn't it? Because the director didn't really do anything else afterwards. I think he like made one more film and then that was oh, it. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Uh, just checking again on IMDb. But loads of TV. Loads of TV, but just one more film after this. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't like, you didn't look at this film and go, Jesus, that is horribly directed. There's some really nice things in there. There's some unusual stuff. Like you mentioned the, the twisting kind of snake cam, which very much puts you in the mind of the snake beforehand. There's also a, a weird throat cam at one point where you're like... Best, oh. shot, in the <laughs> Best shot in the film. They, and they've clearly built a whole rig for that one shot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you can only use it once. Like imagine every death had that. Like we've paid for it, we're going to use it, yeah. and they save it as well. They save it for Voight, and it's oh, it's so, so we talk about that death and yeah, the the, re, the recoming, whatever you want to call it, the regurgitating. It is, it is the cherry on an already perfect film. That it's just they just go all out, don't they? Like yeah. they they. I sometimes feel like they they wrote that scene and worked backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for those who've not seen it, I mean, spoiler alert, but the, the bit we're, di we're discussing is Voight's character <laughs> is, it, it comes to a very sticky end, as, as you would hope, uh, being swallowed, uh, crushed and then swallowed. But then later on, 
as the anaconda fancies a bit of uh, ice cube, um, he's regurgitated. Am I right? Yeah, is it ice cube he wants? I think but, so, yeah, because there's ice cube and J-Lo in the, um, yeah. the, the old mill, isn't there? Yeah, so he's, he's regurgitated up quite, well, it's like a, some sort of Olympic event, isn't it? It's like a... Like a, a snake luge. <laughs> and it, it, on his knees, and he does a little half, half kind of um, stomach acid a wink, does he? To Jennifer yeah. yeah. But it, it's so in his character. Like, it's so, like, you see that and you go... Yeah, that's the room. That's what he'd do. Yeah. Still that's trying to seal do. the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but again, it tie, ties into that whole like Ahab vibe, doesn't it? That mm. he, he he has something has like the creature has to get him. It's always that self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? It's Quentin Jaws, you know, every yeah, um Samuel Jackson. Seen it, but I guess. He, he doesn't turn up in the sequel, does he? <laughs> I mean I don't know. Is it <laughs> don't Anaconda? know if he's dead? I've, I've never watched Anaconda Blood Diamond. Uh, I, I can't I can't bring that because again like I know this is a bad film but it is so good at the same time and mm. I don't want to like ruin it with something that doesn't have the, the sort of joy and passion that this this one has like I'll fight for this film so much as a, as a <laughs> no fighting required Matthew well, you've got a golden yeah. ticket anyway as a special guest so thanks so much um, for coming on and, and uh, sort of defending the honour of this massive snake flick it's been absolutely brilliant isn't it and it's such a good watch oh i just hope that someone's listened to this and they've never watched it and i just want oh. it's i would love to watch this for the first time there's a, there's a list of films where i just would love to see something for the first time again and i would love i'd have to be the same age i was and stuff but oh to relive this it's on netflix people so um, jump on that way you can uh, which is always nice yeah. Where can we catch you and, and what can we see you doing or hear you I'm doing? usually throwing a load of uh, silly stuff out on Twitter. I've, uh, I've got into a habit at the moment. My lockdown thing has become um, trying to recreate TV credits using just stock footage, yeah. which is, it, it fills a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, all, I'm always making little stupid things or putting stuff out. Twitter's usually the one, Matt Height, and if you want something more wholesome and just pictures of my cats and wives it's matt Hyten on instagram <laughs> i said wives then wives, i meant wife, <laughs> yeah. I meant wife. We, we <laughs> trying to see all my wives uh... if we were to draw a graph of my process of my method something like this so ian so ian so ian action wizard you shall not pass cut so ian so ian so ian uh, so yeah, if you enjoy the podcast, then um, don't forget to come on, um, like and subscribe. Um, we also started up a patron to see if we can pay a server bill too. So uh, don't be afraid to subscribe to that. And that's it. And we'll see you again soon when we do this again with another guest or just me and Chris. We find an interesting and wonderful film for you to pick on. Isn't that right, Chris? Wow, that was beautiful. Eh? Yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks again, Matthew. Thanks, guys. Take care, everyone. Bye.